It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up later, I want to talk to you about a strategy to get better health care outcomes and potentially less out-of-pocket if you are in a high-deductible health plan. I want to talk right now about a change going on in the car business that's been brought about by an Arizona company that has spread quickly around the country called Carvana. Carvana is a company that I have talked about since they first were a fledgling enterprise that people buy cars or vehicles sight unseen right on their phones. Overwhelmingly, this is geared towards people under 40 who will not will not pretty much ever go face-to-face with a car salesperson at a traditional dealership. It's not their thing. And so they go on Carvana, and they buy a vehicle. They take delivery of the vehicle, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. And then they have, I think it's a week, to decide if they like the vehicle or not. They don't have to have any reason. They can bring it back and get their money back. No questions asked. And during that week, you have it inspected by a mechanic. If you like the vehicle, if you realize, why did I ever think I wanted this, that, or the other, you take it back and get your money back. But how do you get the vehicle? You may have seen these ads Carvana has where they have these, for lack of a better term, vending machines that are really just giant glass-encased billboards that have vehicles in them, and you can go to the vending machine and pick up your vehicle at the vending machine. Or, and I stopped and watched one of the Carvana deliveries recently because I'm a dull man with a dull life, and a Carvana tow truck showed up at somebody's work at the parking lot Drops the vehicle right from the tow truck. Well, not uh, literally drop it, but that's the term they call it. And person signed something on a tablet, and they had their car, and they were done. So this is something that has such extreme high customer satisfaction, never ever having to walk in a dealership, that the people that were the new players and how people buy vehicles 25 years ago, CarMax, are now having to adjust. Our producer, Kim, who recently got a new-to-her used vehicle that you paid cash for. I did, first time ever. You ended up buying a vehicle kind of like somebody would buy one from Carvana, but you did so with CarMax? I did. I didn't know it was going to be an option. I I am very much like the people you mentioned and have no desire to ever go to a car dealership again in my life. And so I was looking on Carvana. I just couldn't find the car within the parameters I was looking for. You suggested CarMax. And as much as I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go to the dealership. When I was looking online, there was an option that popped up that said, get it transferred to your local CarMax or get it delivered to your home or office. So I was like, okay, I'll try that. And it turned out to be the exact Carvana model. But um, I guess the only difference is with this one, 
you're not actually buying it when you sign up to have it delivered to your home or office. You can send them away when they show up with the car and say, you know what, this isn't the car I wanted. You still have the seven days if you decide to buy it to get it checked out and say, you know what, actually, I don't like driving it. But when they bring it to your home or office for the test drive, you you have no obligations whatsoever. So when they came and, and dropped the vehicle for you and you had the chance to give it the once over and go and drive it, how long did the process take from that point till the CarMax person was gone? Drove off, yep. They were, um, they pulled up probably at about 12.15 and they were gone by 1 p.m. So 45 minutes-ish. And that included the time of you checking it out and driving it? Yeah, that included the test drive. Two test drives, actually, because Sean wanted to try it too. So this is something that a lot of us, you know, we don't buy vehicles that frequently. And the changes happening in the vehicle market are so large because people in their 20s and 30s will not, I'm telling you, they will not put up with the grind. They will not. That's when dealerships try to get you hungry and mistreat you and all that stuff. It's not going to work in the future. And it's being led by people who are buying their usually their first or second vehicle that will not ever set foot in a dealership again. I, I, I can tell you have you will never be on the grounds of a car dealership again after this experience. No, this was so lovely. And like I said, I didn't actually officially buy it before they brought it to my home. So once I drove it and decided, yeah, I want to get it, it, it didn't show up on a tow truck, which is what we were kind of excited about to see it. But it actually got driven there by someone from the dealership. And then they were followed in what they call their mobile office van. So once I decided to purchase it, they open up the mobile office van and it's like a really cush little setup, like with a little couch and a printer and all this. And you do the paperwork that you would do at a dealership in the van looking at your house from the driveway. And do you have a sense, is this everywhere in America that there's a CarMax? I truly don't have a sense of that because I did not research it. But I do know that if you pull up CarMax's website, it pulls up right away. And there was no immediate like asterisks only available in. So okay. I think the odds are in your favor. It might be around. All right. Thanks, Kim. Sure. Diane is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Diane. Hey, Clark. How's it going? Great. Thank you. You chose poorly where you located in the United States, didn't you? Well, I guess you could say that. I think that my taxes are fairly low and my property taxes and that kind of thing. Cost but, of living is fairly low. But you live where you are deprived of the <laughs> privilege of shopping where? At Costco. Oh, see, that's just a bridge too far for me. I live three miles from my closest Costco. I wish it was like across the street oh that's funny i I don't even know a lot about costco but you talk i I listen to you all the time and you're talking about costco and it's it's like that doesn't do me any good i don't have one near me so i wanted to know what can somebody like me who is nowhere around one can do well you could cry a lot oh i could do that i guess (laughs) because i mean it's costco is a unique kind of retailer because it's basically 
a membership co-op that you join. Mm -hmm. They charge extremely low markups on the stuff they sell, the lowest markups in retail, apparently. Mm -hmm. And the markups they charge are just to be able to operate the buildings, pay for their leases, and pay their employees. And all they try to do, ultimately, is break even on their operation, and they make their money on the membership fee that you pay each year. Mm -hmm. So the things in there, a lot of it, do you have a Sam's Club near you? I do, yes. So I'd say somewhere 50 to 60% of the merchandise is common or very, very similar across Sam's and Costco. The difference comes in what Costco refers to as the treasure hunt. It's the items that their buyers find that are very clever or fashionable or whatever, and those items also come with a very low markup, and they use that treasure hunt as the reason for you to come back. Mm-hmm. It's really something that if you don't live near one, it's really not going to be relevant to your life. Mm-hmm. Some people shop at Costco.com, but Costco.com is only like a companion to the stores. It's not the same thing as shopping in the stores. Oh, okay. I, I was one, one of my questions was, can I, can I go to Costco.com and shop that way? You could. You could shop at Costco.com, but I don't think that's something to go yippy about. I mean, the, the .com is only ancillary to what they're up to. And they are growing as a .com, but it really is the experience. I mean, I'm, I'm a retail junkie. I always have been. And I walk the floors of retail stores to see how they merchandise, to see how they price, to see if they've got their act together or not. I do it without even thinking about it. I was in a store yesterday with my son, and I said, this location, it was a, it was a little retail store, but part of a chain. I said, this location is terribly run. And my son wasn't interested in what I was talking about, but I made him follow with me. I'm showing him how the shelves were empty in certain areas and merchandise was disheveled and all that. I mean, it's like in a prior life, I must have been a retail worker. (laughs) So I hope that at some point you'll get to have a Costco open near you and experience it. But it is something that, that I am fervent about. So much so, do you know that the dog's now deceased, but I once named a dog Costco Wholesale? (laughs) I kind of like that name. (laughs) It's a cute name for a dog, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. Uh, uh, You know, mine is Bruiser, so equally as cute. He's a little dachshund. (laughs) Well, Costco was a teensy tiny little dog. It was a a small, much smaller than normal Chinese pug. And so it's kind of backwards that Costco Wholesale was named after Costco with their 150,000 square foot stores or whatever they are. But um, that's how much I love that place. Well, I don't think I'm going to move, but maybe they'll open one up around here sometime in the years ahead, I guess. Share with your fellow listener, where in the country do you live? Oklahoma. Where in Oklahoma? Because there is one in Tulsa now. Well, I'm in Mustang, so that's just right outside of Oklahoma City. So wait, wait, wait. The rivalry between Tulsa and OC is so big, 
And you're going to tell me that Tulsa beat OC to having a Costco? I didn't know that. Wow. I had no idea. Wow. So Tulsa has more bragging rights on OC. Who knew? Kevin is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Kevin. Hey, hi, Clark. Kevin, you have a computer follow-up involving Apple. What happened? Yes, uh, I wanted to bring to your attention and your listeners' attention a, a scam I recently came across. I received an email stating that my Apple password had been compromised and that I needed to, well, that the account had been locked and I needed to secure it. On the email, there was a link that said, secure my account, so I clicked on it. And then it directed me to a page, which all looked like an official Apple page, you know, logos and everything. And once I entered my Apple ID and my password, it brought me to another page where it asked me to verify my account information, which on that page asked me for a social security number, date of birth, address, everything. So you knew at that point that this was actually not a legit request from Apple. Yes, sir. At that point, what I did is I just backed out of the email, logged into Apple through their actual website, and changed my password and my username so that way uh, my account could be secured again. Well, you know, your story is so fantastic, Kevin, because you initially got hoodwinked, but you figured it out so quickly that you eliminated any harm. What advice do you have for other Apple users from your experience? Anything that where I guess they solicit you, go to their website and actually log in and, and verify that it is. Make sure you're on a secure link before you actually go to them. Don't click on any links on any emails because even though it looks authentic, it probably isn't. Kevin, I couldn't have said that better myself, and I'm so glad you weren't harmed and you took the time to share your experience to protect others. I really appreciate that. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com. And our producer, Joel, asks your question for you. What you got, Joel? Clark John wrote in. He says, I just heard you talk about when you wore a lot of layers of clothing on a flight to avoid checking a bag or overweight carry-on bag fees. You said you were super uncomfortable in all those hot layers. Here's a tip for you. Do the same thing, but get yourself something called a bag pack. It's very thin material, lightweight bag with two rope handles that also serve as backpack straps. It's small and lightweight enough to stuff in a large pocket. Once you get on the plane, go to the bathroom, take all those extra layers off, fold them up, put them in that bag pack, and then return to your seat and put that bag pack in the overhead bin, and then you can enjoy the rest of your flight in comfort. Okay, I love that. The other suggestion we had is Scotty Vest on this. S-C-O-T-T-E-V-E-S-T, scottyvest.com. They sell jackets for men and women that on the inside have these huge pockets and you stuff them with your clothes. So on an airline that charges you even for a carry-on, you wear your Scotty Vest jacket and they don't charge for jackets and you just wear that on the plane and then... You take your jacket off, and you have the equivalent of a free carry-on. But I should warn you, Scotty Vest clothes are really expensive. Clark Thomas wrote, and he says, I'm interested in investing in silver, but what is the best way to go about doing that? I believe that you buy a fund 
of silver rather than owning actual silver. It's much more efficient. You don't have to worry about storing it or somebody stealing it. If you want to own silver directly, I think there's only one choice, and that's something called the iShares Silver Trust. You buy the iShares Silver Silver Trust like you'd buy a stock, and it has an extremely low management fee that is much more efficient for you than you handling your own purchase of silver because of the buy-sell spread you would have, and then you've got to store it. This way you don't have to. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me that will help you save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And I want to talk about something that involves your wallet and your life in direct combination. So many millions of us now have health plans that have these very large deductibles. And we'll have something that ails us. And we go see a doctor, maybe a specialist, and ultimately they might recommend some kind of invasive procedure or operation. So what do you do? Well, the standard answer is you go get a second opinion. And a lot of people will do that, but it'll still be local. But do you know for most major conditions, there are certain medical facilities, none of which may be near where you live, that are the state of the art in that area of whatever it is you need and may have much superior outcomes and depending on your health plan, maybe lower costs. I want to give you an example. Walmart, which has the largest workforce of any private company in the United States, somewhere where they have a million and a half employees, something like that, I don't know, a million, whatever, it's huge. Walmart, in its health plan, encourages employees to go to certain medical centers that their research has found have better health outcomes. And if you'll go to those, then Walmart pays for your travel there, pays for family members to go with you and all that. And they're not the only company doing this. But now they're doing something else. They are requiring, if an employee has back trouble and local medical has recommended surgery, They are requiring and pay for employees to go to facilities that they know are vastly superior in the country for repairing people's backs. And so get this, under the regimen involved with the back surgery, half the people who go to these medical centers of excellence that Walmart sends them to, who have been recommended for surgery, find out they actually didn't need surgery at all and get better with non-invasive treatments that give a great result. And I know about this because you may know I'm coming up on my 10th anniversary of finding out that I have prostate cancer. And I was very heavily pushed to have surgery after I was diagnosed. 
And instead, I went across the country because there was no such program available at that time in my area, went across the country to enter what's known as an active surveillance program where I'm constantly monitored because I had early stage and likely based on the pathology reports on my tumor that I have extremely uh, slow-growing cancer. And so here I am approaching 10 years. At some point, I'll probably need to have treatment, but I haven't needed it to this point. And I've been in that monitoring program and have avoided any surgery or side effects that come with having that treatment. And so this kind of idea of alternatives to going all in with surgery, the money it saves, and the consequences to your health of having a surgery that you may not need is actually becoming a theme with more and more illnesses that we are suffering from. So if you are in not working for a big employer, or you do work for an employer that has a very high deductible health plan, do your research and find out where the true experts are in the country. Where are the facilities that are most respected for research on what ails you and do the most procedures, have the most experienced people? That's where you want to go get that second opinion. And potentially, you're not going to need whatever you've been told as the cure to what is ailing you. Sandy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sandy. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good today. How are you? Great, thank you. So, unfortunately, you're getting a settlement, which means something bad happened to you. Are you okay? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. It was, uh, my car was stolen. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Tell me more, because it's never any fun having a car stolen. No, it really wasn't, but they found it, and I have a wonderful insurance company, and um, they're going to send me this settlement, and I'm wanting to pay off my credit card debt with this. So your vehicle recovered. You're still able to operate it? It was in okay shape? No, it was totaled. Oh, I'm sorry. So you had to get all new wheels and all that. Yes. And then you have this money. So you took out a car loan for the new wheels? Yes. All right, and you got a good deal on that, I hope? Yes, I did. Okay, so now you've got the what's essentially rearranging money here that's coming in. Right. What's your credit card story that you're thinking of using it for that? Well, I'm. it's about 8500 total in debt to these credit cards. And I probably will not get another opportunity to pay them all off. But I have heard for years that if you completely pay off all of your credit cards, your credit score goes down. Incorrect. Incorrect. Okay. That is that is an, a suburban legend. I, that doesn't <laughs> even make it as an urban legend. <laughs> okay. Not true. So, not true. yeah, you can feel free to pay them off. Now, here's the thing, though. When people pay off an outstanding credit card balance using a one-time amount of money often and i just got to lay this out for you okay that within 18 months 
people typically will have the cards charged back up to where they were before they had the one-time sum of money. Okay. So that means if you're going to use this windfall as a way to wipe out the credit card debt, uh-huh. you've got to come up with a new way of how you have a relationship with plastic. Okay. So you know what that relationship has to be? Yes, <laughs> pretty much. And how do you feel about that? I think at this point, yes, I, I could do that. Right. And what do you think I actually mean? Because we're speaking around it. What do you think I'd like you to do with the cards? Well, if I have to charge something, I don't want to charge more than I could pay when the bill came in. That's true. But where should your cards be? At home in a drawer. No, not good <laughs> enough. I want them in the deep freeze. Okay. So you here's what I'd like you to do. Okay. Once you take one of those freezer bags, hopefully a store brand freezer bag and not a brand name. Okay. Once you put water in it, put your credit cards in that bag with the water, seal it, and throw that bag in the freezer. Okay. The reason is, is if those cards are in the drawer and all of a sudden you see a great one-day sale on something or whatever... Too much temptation to reach in the drawer, grab that card, and off you go. <laughs> okay. And you may think I'm teasing. I'm not teasing. No, you put I the bags in the free. You put the cards in the freezer in that bag, and let's say you're tempted. What are you going to do? Now, I had one caller who so badly wanted to go buy something on a one-day sale uh-huh. that she <laughs> put the bag in a microwave. Oh, my God. And the cards warped like they were fried bacon with a ridge in them. So the oh idea God. is by the time the cards would thaw, <laughs> your desire to spend the money goes away, but you still have the accounts in existence. Okay. So if you really had to had to have them, you could get to them. Okay. Do you have to do something to keep them active? Good Once question. You... I recommend that in order to keep cards active, both in your credit score mix and so that they don't say, because of inactivity, we're closing your account. Right. This is this is where it gets dicey. Okay. But you have to use them twice a year. Twice a year. So how do you do that without suddenly falling off the wagon and using the cards again? What I recommend is you take them one day, twice a year, and you buy, let's say, a hamburger. You go buy gas with one, another one. and you know, So you just use them each for one small transaction okay pay the bill and then they go right back in the deep freeze if you do all that go for it jason joins us on the clark howard show hello jason hi clark how are you today great thank you you want to talk about something that generally i speak very harshly about mortgage life insurance Right, and I, you were actually my first resource when I started researching it. So uh, anyway, I, my fiance and I have purchased our first home, and we're very excited. And I needed to up my limits for life insurance to make sure that everybody was covered. So I started looking into that, and I got some notices emailed to me about mortgage protection life insurance which I had never heard of. And I started researching that on your site and saw how harshly you spoke about it. But then I also read something at the end that said it might be a decent option if you've ever been turned down for life insurance for any reason. Yeah, so mortgage life insurance 
is a real rip where the premiums are usually somewhere around 10 times what regular term life insurance would be. And the funny thing is you're paying the premiums to insure the bank instead of you. Because if you were to die while a policy is in force, the money goes to the bank, not to your survivors. Right. So that's why my preference is that if you can qualify for a term life policy and you know you need more life insurance, that's always the best option. And you're calling me, I assume, because you've been turned down for a term life policy. That's correct. I've, I was trying to increase. I had a, a small policy in place, and I still have it. And I have some through work. And then my current company, I tried to up my limits, and I went through another exam. And there were some questions that I should have answered differently, I think, in the interview uh, that caused me, I believe, to be turned down for upping my limits. So that kind of woke me up, and now I'm, I'm continuing to look for, for term life insurance. But when I saw this, I just didn't know if this was an option I should look into a little more than, uh, than your normal listener. It's your last option. So I, gotcha. one of the things I'd try is I'd try Haven Life. You ever heard me talk about Haven? I have not. So Haven, up to, I think, age 64, will issue a policy instantly that instead of you having to wait for a medical exam and all that they do their own method of deciding if you're insurable and it is a different protocol than historically used in the insurance business and haven life may in fact say you're insurable where another insurer said no you weren't and the great thing you would know immediately so you have to have a U.S. driver's license, and you don't use it to replace another policy, and that's pretty much it. Great. I will definitely look into that. Thank and, you. And again, the website is havenlife.com. Now, if you, if you get approved for that, you're done. But if they turn you down, too, I would say that uh, with them using their own unique number crunching, they turn you down also... It means maybe if you do need more insurance, you would be an exception to the rule that you buy the crummy stuff from the mortgage company. Well, let's hope that I don't have to go for that. (laughs) Exactly. And by the way, if there's something that you said in a screening where you regret being honest with an insurer, don't feel bad about that. You did the right thing. Because an insurance company, what they'll do is really something. If you have a, a fairly large policy, when you pass away, they'll look for some reason not to have to pay in some cases, depending on the insurer, and they'll okay. background. And if there's something that you didn't answer honestly, they may use that as a way to invalidate a policy and your heirs are left without the money. So it is a case where even if it led to you being turned down, honesty is the right thing when you're applying for insurance. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Natalie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Natalie. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. Natalie, you're excited potentially by Bitcoin? Yes. I'm, me and my husband are looking into investing in that. Well, I am so glad you used the word you used for it, Natalie. That word you used was investing. Yes. All right. So uh, you, you were thinking that if you take your money and you put it into Bitcoins, that over time you'll have like a really nice return on that money. So the thing with Bitcoin is that it's been extremely volatile. Have you looked at one of those charts about what's happened with the value of Bitcoin over time? Yes, we have. And so you think about that pattern, and my wife loves to go ride roller coasters. Yeah. Do you know when I like to look at a roller coaster? Wow. Sitting on the ground watching other people on the roller coaster and so the thing with bitcoin is it's not really designed to be an investment it's designed to be a payment system an alternate payment system and it's very valuable to people who engage in criminal activity because it makes their movement of money essentially untraceable and then there are other people who believe that government is no longer a um, responsible manager of the money that a government prints and so it's a libertarian kind of thing to use bitcoin Mm -hmm. and as a payment platform it's just fine but i'm very nervous about you and your husband using it as an investment strategy because it's more like a speculative event when you see something that goes up and down like the roller coaster that Bitcoin has been on, if you guess wrong and buy in at the wrong moment, you could see a lot of your money evaporate. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.